It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my name is Mike Judy, head football coach at Smyrna High School in Delaware. This is Dante Barti, defensive analyst, University of Oregon. This is Dan Carroll, co-defense coordinator, linebackers coach, Coastal Carolina, and you're listening to the Coach Coordinator Podcast. If you're playing a team with a brand new coordinator with a brand new system, you're going to have to watch the opponents from last year in that system and then take the first few weeks, especially if it's like week three, and kind of cross-reference. you got to say, yes, they did this last year. This was a core component of the offense. They're doing it this year. Hey, their personnel doesn't match up to the offense they were running last year because it's a different location. They're doing these things instead. Especially when you have some of the more unique offenses where there may be packages for certain players that don't exist in the other system. So you go into week four and you find out that that offensive coordinator doesn't have those same pieces for some unique package and they're not running it. So you got to be able to do a process of elimination there. Whether you are on the offensive, defense, or special team side of the ball, early season game planning has some nuances in determining exactly what to focus on. It's a balance of taking what you know about an opponent and their personnel and to the best of your ability, filling in the blanks with educated projections. More than anything, it's about building on what you do best. Today we talk with Mike Judy, the four-time Delaware State Champion head coach at Smyrna High School, Dan Carroll, who is Coastal Carolina's co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, and Dante Barti, an analyst at the University of Oregon, to gain their insight into early season game planning. While the focus is on the defensive side of the ball, their approach works in any phase of the game. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 first down playbook team membership price. 
Links and the phone number are in the show notes. First up is the defending Delaware State champion, Mike Judy. He shares his thoughts on dealing with the unknowns of an early season opponent, what you can get out of a scrimmage film, and working with a staff to more accurately predict what an opponent is planning on being. I think if you're looking at a scrimmage, you have to understand, you know, they're working on, in my opinion, most teams and scrimmages are working on their base plays. So I think getting a film of a team's scrimmage is helpful, a lot more helpful than people give credit for. Because for me, I know it's nothing going to, nothing fancy is going to be shown and nothing out of the box. It gives me a great idea of who you are as a coach, who you are as an offense, who do you think you are, what are you trying to do, both as an offense and a defense. So that's where we start if we have scrimmage film. And then early in the season, I look at what's their base, what's their personnel look like, what are they trying to do offensively or defensively, and just kind of go from there. How do you project that then into – some of the things that you can't see on film scrimmages you don't necessarily get the context of the game right they're running 10 plays or whatever it might be so you have no idea like okay this is what they like to do on third down this is what they like to do in the red zone you're you're getting a feel for their base you're definitely getting a feel for personnel but you kind of have to project okay this is what we might want to look at in these situations on the field how do you do that correct a lot of it is it's just projection so i think i think you know first is you utilize your staff you know if you're a head coach or a coordinator utilize your staff those guys that you work with are going to have good eyes great ideas and i think it's better to watch the film of the of our opponent and try to figure out all of us watching the film separately but all of us having that same concept in our head is what are we looking for well who are they trying to be what are they looking like this year? And then coming together as a staff, sharing those ideas. And I think a lot surface, a lot of who this team is comes to the surface. So utilize your staff for sure. Have them help with your breakdown. And I think the way that you project is, you know, most coaches, even though they'll say they're balanced and share, share the ball, you want to try to identify who their most dangerous kids are. And in scrimmages, that's kind of hard because sometimes practice jerseys don't have numbers or whatever, but you try to identify who, who's their most dangerous guys. How are they trying to get them the ball? Is there any schematic issues that could pop up? For example, is the team making a shift towards more option-based schematics? For example, we saw a team last year that went from just a pro-style offense under a new head coach or new offensive coordinator, ended up running some spread options. And so all of a sudden you went from seeing power O, GT, and zones, mid-zone and, and wide zone, all of a sudden we're seeing midline and triple and, uh, you know, speed option. And, and, and so, like, being able to identify those things, but maybe even not those most obvious things like schemes. That's what we're looking for. And then I think you just have to trust your instincts, trust your eyes, trust what you see. Don't make it too complicated. Who are their best players? How are they trying to get them the ball? What are they trying to do? Any formation issues, stuff like that. 
As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Next up is Dan Carroll, co-DC at Coastal Carolina. He believes early on it is about what you do best. However, he points out an example where they didn't think ahead about getting ready for things that they'd see from an offense. This is true in the early season as well as down the line. So there's some important insight shared here. If you're, if you're scouting someone, you don't really know what they're going to do. Uh, maybe it's a, a new coordinator, maybe it's, you know, a new quarterback or just, you know, a younger team and you just really don't have an idea. It, generally, and this might sound generic, but I just think it's true and we have to remind ourselves, it's going to come back to your fundamentals and, and what you do best and, and how you coach your players. So what I would say is the things that you can execute the best in training camp, the calls and the defenses that you can execute the best in training camp and had the most success with, I would lean on those as much as you can. Now, something specific that I think, is important. You practice against your offense for a month. So whatever they give you, you generally get pretty good at defending those things. And I can think back to 2015, University of Houston. We had ended up having a really good team that year. We ended up 13 and one, won a New Year's Six game. It was a great season, one of the best in school history. I remember going game two. We go up to the University of Louisville to play them, and they had a really good football team that year too. Lamar Jackson not taking over the role as like the full-time starter yet, but he was on the team. He took some snaps against us, but they had, they had older players everywhere. They had a great team, and we ended up winning the game. It's obviously it's always better to to learn in a win than a loss. But they played some twelve personnel and some twenty-one and stuff. We were going to have to get in our base defense for. We we're going to take the nickel off the field. We probably hadn't taken the nickel off the field during training camp more than ten snaps. So we had to get a, a guy ready who was typically an inside linebacker and, and get him ready to play in our base defense and be like an edge guy in our 3-4 defense. And he hadn't really taken very many reps at that. So it was one of those things. And he, you know, he approached like a pro, and we were able to make him functional. But they took advantage of it at times. right? He wasn't maybe as schooled up and as effective as you would like him to be. And it was you look back at that and you think, we didn't do a good enough job on our walkthroughs and our time alone as a defense, not going against our offense of, of having our base packages ready and our bigger packages ready. And we're trying to get the defense in, trying to get to all of our calls, trying to get to all of our coverage adjustments and all the different things you got to get in versus what you're seeing from the offense and not having enough foresight to say, hey, we're going to have to play some base or we're going to have to play some big people or we're going to have to do some things to play these first few games that we might not be ready for right now. So I would say that just – being ready to – you could see any type of personnel package in those first couple games that you might not be ready for, you're not using training camp to, to get ready for. Make sure when you have time, whether it's a walkthroughs in, in our college football, we generally have walkthroughs in the evenings, it's those things, whatever it is, spend some time, you know, utilizing those packages and playing your guys in maybe their secondary position. If you have an inside linebacker that plays outside in bigger packages or – 
you know, maybe in sub packages, some of your inside guys or pass rushers, that type of thing, whatever the case is, I think it's so important and critical that we don't wait till we get to game week and realize, oh, we're, this guy's going to play 20 snaps as Sam Backer, and he hadn't done that all training camp. And with it, as you're looking at the schedule and ahead, there's always those teams that do something a little bit different. Last offseason, you and I talked every week about how to defend the option. You know, when you have one of those teams down the line, and it, it is going to be some new things, maybe new techniques or alignments, whatever it might be, do you start to work maybe an individual period just to start working on the skills? I know you can't really get ahead of yourself, but you also don't want to go into that week okay, here's our techniques for the week. You have to decide early on how much time you're going to need to prepare for that game. So if you play an option team and you think, well, we have this key drill that we use, okay, and we're going to need to do that, you know, it's four times enough to do that key drill before we're ready to play it. You know, and you sit around the staff room and you say, okay, no, I don't think four times would be enough. Do we need to do it ten times? Okay, maybe we need to do it ten times. So how are we going to get these 10 times of this key drill in? How are we going to get this individual drill that we do with inside linebackers? How are we going to do that 10 times before we play them? Well, you know, maybe we were a Sunday practice, Monday off team, maybe. Okay, well, we'll do some on Sunday night. What about Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't want to do it Tuesday, Wednesday. We're playing somebody else. Okay, well, if I can add that up and I can say I cannot get enough reps in, then yeah, I think we have to start during fall camp. You know, I think it, it's a something that, you know, I've talked about in the past, but it's the idea of, you know, backward design, start with the end in mind. How many reps of these drills am I going to need to be able to say I can put the guys out there and we can win the game? And if you play somebody, an option team, like when I was at Houston, we used to play Navy. Every time it was a home game, it was the last game of the year. It was the road game. It was like game six usually. But every time it was home game, it was the last game of the year. So we could find time throughout the year on bye weeks and different things to, to get ready for it. You know, I don't know that you can always do that. Um, you know, if you play in week one or two, obviously you got to spend a substantial time of training camp and even spring ball and maybe some of your summer drill time on it. So I think it's the biggest thing when you're playing somebody that, that has an odd scheme that they do, something that's off the wall somewhere, you're going to teach new techniques or a lot of new techniques. Is you have to decide how much am I going to have to devote to this. And if I know how much I'm going to devote to it, then it pretty much tells me when I need to start devoting time to it. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www.teammofo.com demo and mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. We finish up with University of Oregon analyst Dante Barti, who shares his thoughts on how to work ahead in game plan preparation and his advice for what he would do if he were on a smaller staff. Plan in two days, in a week, whatever period of time that is before you go play, you're too late. You're too late. So you want to make sure that you have what is the core concepts that they're going to run, what are the 
issues that are going to arise that you know you're going to have to practice, you can practice those in fall camp. And then as the season progresses, are they continuing to show those trends? Because the, if they're not continuing to show those trends and the trend doesn't exist, we don't want to keep practicing it. And we don't want to game plan like we're game planning from them last year. So that's really important as we kind of cross-reference throughout the year. The last thing I would say is self-scout becomes important because there's less data points. And so what do I mean by that? If you play a team week four, you're going to have a lot less in your data set in terms of calls that you've ran than when you do it week eight. So you have to make decisions upon when you game plan. Are there concepts that you're holding for later in the year? Or are you saying we're going to have everything up early so that as you work throughout the year, you can continuously work on them and you know the issues as well as the offense does. So very different schools of thought in terms of strategic planning of how many calls I'm going into a game in the beginning of the year versus at the end of the year. I love that idea of strategic planning and getting ahead and nothing new in the football world. But you have some unique perspective. You've worked at the high school level. You've worked at the small college level. Now you are at the P5 level. And you see exactly the limitations of staff and resources. So if you're looking at how would I do this at the smaller levels, whether that's high school, small college, where, I mean, even, you know, group of five sometimes, where the resources are limited, but I want to get this done ahead of time. As you said, I don't want to be crunched on those two days. I at least want to come in there with something I can edit. So how would you approach that in those situations? Number one thing is cut out the fluff. So you'll see at, at some places there's a lot of extra work that's involved because there's these presentations that are done or you see these really pretty PowerPoints. If you're at a small college or at the high school level, really anywhere in my opinion, you don't need the extra you need the information. So the first thing is I need the data, and I need the data in a way that I can read it, whatever way that is. The other thing I would do is compartmentalize the things in your system that you know can change and watch for those variables. Don't compartmentalize the thing away from compartmentalizing the whole system. That is really important compartmentalizing as an organization and as a leader so you're not getting too much feedback and you're not getting the wrong feedback. And making sure when you are getting feedback, it has value. That's going to help you with your time management, and it's going to help you make sure you get the right information, not just information. So when we talk about information, statistics, numbers, analytics, right, we have to get good info, not just info. Just getting data doesn't tell you anything. You have to put context to that data, and you have to give it impact. If it doesn't have impact, you don't want to use it. Game planning in the early season can present challenges, but that also allows us to lean on what we do best and in the process make it better. It's also about building that plan out for the future as well. Best of luck in your preparation and decision making as you tighten up your game plan for this weekend. Be sure to keep tuning in all season long for insight like that shared here today. You can see our catalog of season series episodes on coachingcoordinator.com and be sure to sign up for our weekly tip sheet which gives you a rundown of the ideas shared on the podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for resources and related episodes.